this place where nobody can bring me down Where nobody can bring me down And once again, that's Nisim Black leading us in with Fly Away. You're listening to Kiddish Club, the podcast. Welcome back, everybody. That sounded like you're on the radio. I know. Well, isn't that what we you're are? You're listening to 101.9. Isn't that what this is? <laughs> no. This is a podcast. This is not a radio yeah, show. Yeah, but that's what podcasts are. It's modern radio. Okay, fine. Welcome back to the show. We'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors for this week. Well, first of all, we have Hava Whiskey. Get a bottle of Hava Whiskey at www.havawhiskey.com. Ships from Israel. It's made with water from the Golan Heights. This is holy whiskey. How many how many whiskeys could you say is holy whiskey? Yeah. Yeah, I'll get behind that. Yeah, it's holy whiskey. It's a it's a great it's just a great uh great discussion topic if if nothing else. Even if you don't like whiskey, just get it, put it on your table and talk about it. This episode is also sponsored by Jerusalem Glot. They are a butcher, they are a marketplace, they are a grocery store, but the thing I like about them most are the things that I have staring at me right from the desk right now. So they sent us a bunch of different flavors of their beef jerky. I think this is the plain. I think you have the... Spicy. I have the spicy spicy, And there's also a maple, what is it? Maple brown sugar? Maple brown sugar. Yes. Yeah, maple brown sugar. Go for it. Pass it over. Can you what try you it? Go for it? Well, I'm going to try it myself. Yeah, I'm not trying this. <laughs> what are you talking about? They I gave can't us, be Flaschik's now. They gave us now. beef jerky. Our listeners want to know how it tastes. I cannot be Flaschik's now. You're Flaschik phobia? I have a condition. Phobic? Yeah, I, I, I have full on Flaschik phobia. Oh, come on. <sighs> smell it. Smell, smell. But, but what if... Well, that does smell good. Yeah. What if something else comes? Like, what if, like, what if milchigs comes my way? What milchigs are you going to have? I don't know. Better than this jerky. I don't know. I don't know what's coming. A bird in the hand, bro. There's nothing better. Yeah. Come on. This jerky looks amazing. It does smell sick. Uh, Wow. I said a bracha already. So. All right, I'm gonna go for it. You know, I was beaten up. We got an email. I got a bunch of chewing while while we were talking. I got a bunch of emails. Could you not do that? Could you not? Chew and talk. Well, now I'm doing it. Yeah, we should have given them a trigger warning. <laughs> trigger warning for the snowflakes. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna chew. We're chewing. It's our podcast. We'll chew. We have been emailed. Like one time, I was. it was me, by the way. I, I was chewing on the podcast. I would never chew. And sometimes they go long. I got to eat. I, like, I don't understand these people. They're getting upset at you that you're chewing. Like, do they do they eat with other people? Like, on Shabbos, do they go to their room and sit by themselves and eat? Yeah. They can't stand the sound of chewing. Oh, by the way, that's a real No, condition. but a lot of times you're in their ear. You know, that's true. That's true. So okay, the trigger is, warning is is, is a warranted. Warning. Yeah, it's called misophonia. Wait, what? Misophonia. That feels like something that I'm going to hear from like uh, <laughs> like those law offices. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mesophiliomia. I don't know. I don't even know the name. Like who? It, uh, what's the, what's the name of those guys? <laughs> the ones who just broke Selino up with and Barnes. Yes. Yeah, that's like <laughs> Selino and Barnes. But then no, 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 no. Injury attorneys. No. What? They broke up. It's just Salino right. no. and it's just Barnes. I was I was like Are they actually separate? I heard yes. one of them died. Oh, maybe that's what it is? Yeah, I heard one of them like, Oh, I had this whole story in my head about the fight that went down and I, I mean it's it's it could have happened, but I'm pretty sure but I do see oh. Salino. I don't see Barnes. Oh, so maybe I Barnes. see Salino ads. Anyway, this is a New York thing. This yes. is, if you're not from New York, you don't know, <laughs> you don't what, know what we're, we're talking, talking about. about. Like if you know, you know. Okay, so this beef jerky was really excellent if you'd like to try it, and you absolutely need to do it. You need to try it. You know what? You need to get it for this week's Kiddush Club. 
It's the perfect item. It goes together with scotch beautifully. You need to go pick it up. They have two locations. The first location is at 710 Kings Highway in Flatbush. And the second location is at 515 River Avenue, and that's in Lakewood. And if you're from Lakewood, there's no chance you don't know about Jerusalem Glot. So go there, get some jerky, and while you're at it, shop around. And tell them Kiddush Club, the podcast, (laughs) sent you. You should. Absolutely. So a little later on in the show, we're going to be bringing you part two of our interview with the amazing Nisim Black. Uh, we're excited to bring you the second half. Uh, I dare say the second half was better than the first. but I, I think it was better than the first because it's with any podcast and any person, the more you keep going, the better it gets. But don't they always say the sequel is never as good as the original? Because you're trying again to be as good as the first. This was one long thing that we broke into two. That's true. It was one It was one session, and it just kept getting better and better. But before we get to that, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the things that are going on in the world, like we usually do. Did you see the video of the president of France taking a slap to the face? Emmanuel Macron? That's right. You saw really? it? I, I did see it. Um, First of all, how enjoyable <laughs> is it to watch... I mean, this guy got good coverage. I, I kind of feel like you're, you'd be the guy in like the Roman Coliseum, right? <laughs> the lion is tearing the Cheering guy. Cheering it on. <laughs> and you're into By it. By the way, if that, was, if that happened today, I would, com- I would totally go. You would go. Of totally course, go. go. Not only that, on my bucket list is to go to a bullfight. I, you know, I think they, they, they closed them for now during Corona. Maybe they what started do you, again. What do you mean? They closed the actual oh, no, no, bullfighting? They, they that they could be the, done on no, Zoom. No, the running of the bulls, which I don't know what sane person would do the running of the bulls in Spain. Pamplona? I don't know where that came from, somewhere in my brain. I'll tell you, it's, it's just so satisfying to watch. Did I don't you know see why. a bullfight? It's not satisfying. It's horrible. Why? They, 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 First of all, listen. You they have make a, that poor animal suffer. No, wait. Why does he suffer? He's just trying to. He's just trying to. Yeah, and then they stick him. They jab him. Every, when when he runs past, he jabs him with a spear. That spear, I believe, has some sort of tranquilizer on it. Well, what would and be they the just point keep to that? Him. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Look, it's a no, game. Look, right? It's a game. It's for entertainment. And you have a bull trying to get the guy. And and you see some of these videos because that's all I've ever been able to see. By the way, bullfighting videos, totally on that genre, and. <laughs> One of my favorites, by the way. Any bullfighting video, any time like animals go, like strong animals go crazy, I love it. I don't know why I love it. Like there was just an, I, I got a video yesterday. Stickle sadist? No, I don't know. I Stickle? Don't, maybe. Could be. <laughs> but I got a video yesterday where like an elephant went str- head on, just it went wild and it went head on into a, into a car or a jeep. It was like the guy tending the safari or something. Yes. Wrecked the car. Yeah, you so, saw it? No, I have a friend. You remind me. I have a friend who did that safari. I have two friends who did the safari, which I think they're nuts. You, you got to get inoculated for every possible disease on the planet. Dengue, Why? Dengue oh, fever. Oh, you mean just to go? Just, just to, to go. go to just Africa. To go. So you go and you pay for this. So uh, I was looking at pictures and they're showing me the tigers. Oh, look how close we were. And they're literally right on top of the tigers and the, and the lions or whatever. And then there's another picture of the elephants. And I'm like, well, you're pretty far from the elephants. And they said- the only thing the guide, and the guide is like, you know, six foot four, 240 pounds of pure muscle. He's got a massive rifle and he says, the only thing they're afraid of are the elephants. And the elephants. We don't go near the elephant. <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere but the elephant. <laughs> 
It's true though. It's true though. And the second friend, so I was talking to the second friend recently about his trip. And I said, you know, I heard that they're afraid of the elephants. He said, forget that. We were in the Jeep. They came to an elephant. All of a sudden, the guide stops the car, shuts the engine, and tells everybody, don't move a muscle. Mm. And they're all like, what's happening? He said, do not move. Don't even twitch. He says, the elephant. So the elephant was in the road staring at them. And maybe he was flapping. And you know Jewish people. Like, what's going on? <laughs> what? <laughs> Stop Harvey, talking. Harvey. Stop talking. <laughs> And I think your life is in danger. <laughs> the ears of the elephant started flapping or something. Means he's going to charge, and he tells them <laughs> that elephant is going to charge. He says that elephant's going to charge, and they're like, "Okay, so why turn the engine on, and get us out of here?" And he's like, "No, if we make any move, he'll charge. We'll never get away in time." So they had to just sit there and stand there and stare it down, and then eventually, like, it put its head down for like a second or two, like it chilled out a little bit. He turned on the engine, the elephant looks up, the guy gunned it, and the elephant started chasing them. But by then, they had a little bit of a head start. They were able to get away. The guy showed me the video really? on his phone. Yes. And people pay I mean, anyway, tens the of thousands can, of dollars to the, do this. The car could get away from the elephant anyway. No. no. What does that mean? No. No, the zero to 60 of an elephant versus the zero to 60 of like an off-roading Land Rover from 1942. Oh, well, exactly, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. yeah. These are not, uh, not in the prime. Exactly. I have a friend that does it. I mean, first of all, he's listening to this podcast because I know he listens. Mm -hmm. He goes every summer and- To Africa? Yeah. Really? Yes. I don't know why. I don't know what keeps him going. Or maybe he went once or twice. How do you dive in with a minion He's going to text me when he hears this, but- How does he dive in? Uneventful. They go with a trip. It's like a trip. Uh, He doesn't go solo. uh, uh, It's like a trip with like 20 people, 30 people, sometimes more. I think they they, they don't even sleep like in hotels. It's like like a- quasi hotel it's like these one-story ranch uh, cabins or something why would anyone do this to themselves i don't know but shout out to avrami and he's gonna text me as soon as as soon as he is avrami why would you do this to yourself <laughs> why would you choose this anyway getting back to the situation yeah how'd we get to the i have elephants? no idea how we We're got talking about elephants. macron I, I legit don't remember <laughs> but but uh that was a good slap and i'm not a violent guy a good slap but i can enjoy a good slap Yes, yes. And it's also because he's French and it right. is gratifying to see someone. This is the truth. But you know, it reminded me of the George Bush. Remember when that guy threw a shoe at George Bush's head? Yes, I do. And he ducked. He, that was great. Yeah, he came, out looking, he came out looking really good after yes. that. He ducked instantly and he had like a little smirk on his face. It was great. Yeah, that's like bullfighter level, you yeah. know? And that's what I love about like when you watch a bullfight and and – those are some of the only videos that I'll really watch, like, that I'll only, like, I'll go to YouTube randomly and just bullfighting videos or running with the bulls. Uh, or sometimes you get a viral video where a bull is going wild and f- they're so strong. They'll flip a guy oh, just they'll, with their they'll, horns. They'll kill a guy. Right. It's just, but, to me, it's fascinating to watch. Well, I, I, When you I, see that raw power. I kind of feel like you're not looking to watch the bullfight. You're looking to watch a bull goring a bullfighter. <laughs> That's... By the way, that's what everybody's hoping for. <laughs> exactly. That is why thousands of people show up. Nobody thousands wants, of people everyone's rooting show for the bull. up to a, a stadium to say, on the off chance that this guy is having an off day <laughs> and he gets clipped by a bull, worth it. Completely worth it. You, you speak like someone who's been to a bullfight, but I can't imagine that you were ever at a bullfight. Well, I haven't been to Europe. What's your point? <laughs> you saw that video. Yes. 
<laughs> she took um, a lot of heat for that, but yes, the truth is wait, she deserves I, it. We don't know if our listeners know what we're even talking about. Yeah. Go. Give the intro. The, she was asked by the press. She was doing an interview. Who's she? Kamala. Kamala Harris. Vice President Kamala Harris was asked, uh, "Have you? are you planning to take a trip to the border? And she said, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. And, and the... To, to his credit, the uh, media guy, the reporter Who said- it? Who was it? It was uh, Lester Holt. Oh, was right? it? Right? I think so. I'm not sure. Maybe. And he said, she kept saying, yeah, we've been to the border. What are you talking about? And he said, no, are you going to the border? Have you been to the border? Are you going? <laughs> you, you. He kept driving it on and, and she looks at him and goes, I haven't been to Europe. What does that mean? And he was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Just- you're flying around the whole country. You're in charge of the border crisis, and you have not been to the border. Yeah, it was a golden moment in TV history. It was, but that golden moment is translates into sad state of affairs for our country because we know she's going to be the 2024 nominee. She's yeah, I yeah. guess that's true. And, uh, and unless uh, unless we we see a Republican step up, someone you know, it might be Trump. We'll I think see. he's going to run again. Yeah, I, I think so too. Anyway. Let's look at the odds. You know what? When I when I look at elections, I don't I don't look at the polls. I look at the betting odds because the way I figure it is, if people are willing, the people who are willing to put their money where their mouth okay, is, you can't bet now on twenty. Yeah, of course you can. can. You you can all over the websites. I'm not. We really? are not endorsing like betting. We're not saying it's a luckily mutter. I'm not saying I bet. I'm saying I look at those odds to give me an idea. So there's a, there's a great website called Election Betting Odds, and it gives you odds on everything. Right, so what are they saying? Wow, it's actually neck and neck. Look at this. So the Democratic nomination for 2024, they put Kamala in the lead at 33.5% and Biden in the number two spot with 33.3%. And on the GOP side, uh, Trump at 24% and DeSantis, who I love, at 16.4%. Wait, so Trump has the highest. Yes, Trump is way ahead of, of anybody else. He's already intimated that he's going to be running. So yeah, that, that's where these Pretty odds are Pretty much a no-brainer. From. And what's cool is you could actually look at betting odds for a lot of different things. So, like, you could look at, you know, what are the odds that, you know, the house is going to flip in 2022, right? We have a 2022 coming up. Unfortunately, right now, the betting odds, oh, no, the betting odds are 67% it's going to go Republican, 32% it's going to go Democrat. Yeah, I think we'll see Trump probably lobbying for that. Yeah. And starting with rallies just to help out the Republican Party. He said that he's going to do that. Yes, he did. Anyway, back to Emmanuel. Wait, the New York City mayoral odds. Now, yes, this is a, a worldwide podcast, but New York City mayor is a na- gets a national spotlight. That's a national position. Uh, and that's why Andrew Yang, who ran for president, is running for New York City mayor, right? Mm-hmm. He's not mm-hmm. even from New York or he was born here, moved out. Who knows? Point is, is that it's a major blo- you know, stepping stone to the presidency and to bigger things. And they got by Adams the way, at 53%. By the way, by the way, Eric Adams, yes. Eric Adams is taking a lot of heat because they don't know if he really lives right, in Brooklyn. Right. He, he put out a whole video of his apartment in New York. Yeah. And they are tearing it apart on Twitter. Well, it seems that the majority of the Jewish world has endorsed and supported Adams. He now has the Satmar, I believe, came out in support of Adams. Uh, the Flatbush Coalition, I believe, came out in support of Adams. Uh, Adam seems to be, I mean, he seems to be a friend of the Eden. So I don't know. I mean, Yang, uh, Yang has been on record, by the way, uh, of being anti, uh, anti, bris- anti doing brisses. Yes. Anti doing brisses. You're having trouble finding that word. Yes. Anti circumcision. Correct. Yeah. 
But uh, now Yang says, no, 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 I'm not really against prisons. I, I was I was against uh, just hospitals doing it without parental consent. I mean, which does make sense. Yeah, it does. But I, I don't love any, you know, candidate that is getting involved in this area. Like, don't right. get involved. Just leave things alone. We're all doing fine. Don't get involved in circumcision. Right. Meanwhile, on Twitter, they were tearing apart his Brooklyn apartment because- Who, Yank? No. Oh, Adams. No, Adams. And it was like, they're looking through the fridge. They're starting Fridgegate because he's he's vegan and he had locks in the fridge. Is it really his house? <laughs> really? Yeah, there's a lot of, they're, they're analyzing the pictures or the screenshots of the video. He should have just said it was a gift from the Satma community. <laughs> it was Kiddush Club of the Satma community. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. They gave me the locks. I also have some herring here. No, but also the way the bed is set up, the way, there's a lot, there's a lot that doesn't make sense when it comes to Eric Adams and his claim to living in Brooklyn. Back to Emmanuel Macron. <laughs> We're still Can on we Macron. finally get there? Can we <laughs> finally get there? We're still talking about Macron? Yeah. What do you have to say about Macron? So, you, you, a lot of people don't know this, but Tell he's me. married to Bridget Macron. Okay. And she, he's like 43 years old. Okay. And she is 68 years old. No, stop that. Stop that. Check it up. Check I'm it checking out. It She's 25 years older than him. He's 43. Uh, spouse is Bridget Truneau. I don't know if I'm saying it right. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> probably not. And Bridget is 68 years old. 68. Is that what you said? Isn't that crazy? That is wild. That is what I mean. Is it wild? Maybe it's not wild. No, but is it so crazy? I mean, why? Look, we, we, see, was, we see men who are 68. Yes, it's you know? so much more normal the other way around. Yeah, why is that? So, yes, yeah, somehow she managed to get a husband 25 years younger. And that's crazy because you don't see it. It's you don't so- see it. That's true. You never see Whether that. right or wrong, you, you, it's generally not seen. That's right. Right. And and I think like- But wait, f- how did she get this guy? Like from where? Where did okay, they- Okay, so she was his teacher. First of all, she could be his mother- Right? Yes. Let's get that out yes. of the way. Yes. Easily. That's not something you see every day. True. Okay. That's number one. Number two is she was his teacher, like maybe in elementary school or high school. I don't know. You got to read through oh, that's, it. But that's, see, now that I'm, that's not okay. Yeah. It, yes, you are correct. I'm reading it here. It was at that high school that she and Emmanuel Macron first met. He attended her literature classes and she was in charge of the theater class that he attended. Their romance was not typical as she was his senior by almost a quarter of a century. Not almost exactly. Okay, this is see now. This is not a. This is kind of you know inappropriate to say the least. She well, was yeah, his teacher. She, He's yeah. like what fourteen, fifteen in high school, right? That's and when it started. They had a clandestine uh, relationship. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe here it is. he was fifteen. She was forty, and he was fifteen when Ooh, they met. Forty. Then I guess the numbers check out. They're, yeah. Wow. Twenty-five plus fifteen is forty. And that's when they married. No. She was 40. He was 15 in La Providence High School. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's, that's yucky. Yeah. In the year 1993, when she was a teacher, he was a student, and he was a classmate of her daughter, Lawrence. What type of girl's name is Lawrence? It's it's probably Laurent. 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 Doesn't that sound nicer? She managed somehow to get a husband that's 25 years younger than her. All I'm trying to say is maybe... She has the answer to the Shidduch crisis. <laughs> huh? Well, you know what? You remind me that there is a, I don't know which sect of Hasidim will only 
uh, do matchmaking between boys and girls who are actually older than them. And like these Hasidim, you know, like it's not, they don't go on a million dates or anything. And they only are allowed to go out with the older girls. And the reason they did that was because there was so many, you know, there was more girls that were unmarried than boys. And yeah, so but th- at some point you got to switch back. I don't know. Maybe not. What you, you can't. Why not? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. At some point you have to say, we're going back to being allowed to date younger. Well, no, not if, the, girls. not if, not if there's still more girls than boys. So wait, can we digress for a second? Cause I want to ter- talk. Sure, about, that's what we do. Yes, that's true. I want to switch gears for a moment and talk about Starburst. The candy? Yes. Why isn't there kosher Starburst? Can I tell you? Because yes. I actually looked into this. Really? Yes. Because we I didn't have look Skittles. into this. I didn't look Skittles, into this. We have everything else. I didn't look into this. What happened was I saw a bag of Skittles in a random, like in a Walgreens. And I pick it up and I'm reading the back. By the way, that's something that I do constantly. It's like pick up unkosher candies to see so maybe. It's not, it's not just pork that you do that to? <laughs> <laughs> I just check and I see maybe this just got to know you. Maybe it became kosher. Like I'll do that with nerds for some reason. You've spoken about nerds in a I, bunch of episodes. It's possible, but yes. I, I, but I, if you know, if you know, if you know me, you know that I'm constantly doing this on the off chance that maybe it's becoming kosher and maybe I got the first run. Don't you think it would be news if Skittles became kosher? Like remember when M and M's became kosher? Yeah, but someone's like- got to break the news, right? Yeah. Okay. So you, you, I want to break the news, and I'm, you know, I'm just being hopeful. I'm just being hopeful. Anyway, I pick up the Skittles, and I read the back, and it says it's completely vegan. This is a vegan, gluten-free, vegan product. I was like, whoa! So this, this could be a game changer. But I'm sure it has gelatin. The very gelatin is not. It would not be vegan, right? Gelatin is made out of animal bones or fish bones or beef bones or whatever. So that's the problem. Right. So I turn around and I call the OU and I say, hey, guys, like what is the reason that we don't have kosher certification on Skittles? And they said to me, look, really, there's nothing unkosher in Skittles. This is this is what he told me. Okay. However. You're triggering me. (laughs) (laughs) However, it's made on the same machinery as Starburst. And Starburst has pork gelatin. Actual pork gelatin. Mind blown. Wow. Yeah. But so that's why your Skittles that are vegan do not have a heksher. Okay, but it's made on the same line. I mean, I don't want to get too much into halacha, but after a few runs of, of Skittles, by run number 20, there's no more... No, I mean, I, I mean I'm assuming that they're running a somewhat sanitary facility and will completely clean those machines off. But again, you can't rely on that. Are you trying to say we're going to have a Skittles party <laughs> next? No. <laughs> no, but you know what? It doesn't, it doesn't even, I mean, that is, it's pretty, uh, it's an amazing fact, but Skittles, I'm not even excited to even. It's funny that you brought it up because that, yeah, that, that and you happened to call. Yeah. yeah. This was not planned, by the way. <laughs> it's just weird how these things happen. But yeah, we've had the, the Skittles from Israel, which are kosher. And, yes. And yeah, okay. I'm not, whatever. We've spoken about this once. Well, you're not blown away. Not blown away. But Starburst is something that but really. Why? Why is it not like a eye? regular piece of taffy? Well, how is it different than Laffy Taffy? I don't know, because it's huge in the Goyish world. It's supposedly something amazing. It's just the marketing. They it's, make you feel like you're missing out if you're not having it. That's their job. Yeah, okay. They're doing a great job. It's because just it's basically I really want it. taffies. That's all it is. By so, the way, we used to have in the Jewish world something called choo-choos. Yes, choo-choo squares. Yeah, choo-choo squares. I remember them. I that's in my mind the closest that would come. That Starburst. a product would come to Starburst. But those choo-choo squares were like hard. You had to like suck on them for a couple of seconds until yes, they softened up. Yes, but maybe Starburst is the same. It could be. 
We, we don't should, know. We could buy a pack of Starburst. No, we cannot. We are, this is, we're not doing that. Marasayan. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. So, so someone sent me a video of, I'm not a huge cocktail drinker. You know, I don't try to keep the sugar on the down low. But someone sent me this video of uh, how to mix a Starburst flavored cocktail. So I was intrigued and I decided to try it and I'm going to give over the recipe. Go so for it. basically what it is, is you take basically an ounce of vodka, you put in like a little dash of vanilla, then you add an, let's say an ounce and a half to two ounces of like watermelon liqueur. You know, they make, the, the, there's a kosher one, it's called watermelon pucker. It's pretty good. It has alcohol in it as well. So you add like two ounces of that. You top it off with like another two ounces of regular Sprite, ice it up, and boom, that's your that's your drink. So you can so, use Diet Sprite for that, by yes, the way, if you're yeah, sugar conscious. <laughs> yes. Yes, but at that point you're at like 600 calories. You know the extra 50. What, just with the with the 30. vanilla extract? No, vanilla no, extract is nothing. No, the alcohol, the vodka itself. Let's say the ounce of vodka is let's say 80 calories. The watermelon pucker, two ounces of that is going to be 150. Yeah, that's that. That's the the killer. Is that yeah. is that watermelon mixer? Yeah. So so I tried it. I and? tried it. I didn't not try it on the show, but I did try it. It was quite tasty. It was pretty good. But, you know, I don't know if it tastes like Starburst because I have had Starburst. <laughs> but if anyone's listening, maybe there's some Balchuvas who've tried Starburst. I, I'd love for someone to try this and just tell us. I mean, do you, do you do that, by the way? Like, I ask, like, in my office, you know, sometimes uh, we have, you know, pizza day. Mm-hmm. Well, before Corona, of course, now that Corona. And we, we buy pizza, kosher pizza. And I constantly go to the non-Jews and be like, Okay, tell me the truth. How good is this compared to non-kosher pizza? Like, is it non-kosher pizza so much better? Do you do that? No, but I hear I, it. I always I do, I wonder, do hear you know, it. you walk past those non-kosher pizza stores and, you know, you, you get a whiff and you're like, oh my God, that smells amazing. Yeah. So, like, I, I'm constantly asking them how we compare. And? and, and well, so, they most of them will always go and mention pepperoni. I don't know why. I, I, I tasted, like, a vegan pepperoni and I was very unimpressed. It was like... It was like okay, like a salami with black pepper is the only thing I could compare it to. So they've they're all like, yeah, well, well, pepperoni pizza. itself is not a problem, is it? Yes, it's pork. Pepperoni oh, is made of pork. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah, it's like a salami, black peppery. Mm-hmm. That's I guess the pepper in the pepperoni. Um, but even then, even without the pepperoni, uh, they're usually they usually say that it's very underwhelming. I think that most of the non-kosher pizza, most of the trafe pizza, must have like a beef stock. In their sauce. No, or, it's just different cheeses. No, because it's cheeses that we never tasted. No, no, it's mozzarella cheese. No, Pizza, it is not. Yes, it is. There's, I'm telling you. No, it's it's mozzarella cheese, and most cheeses can be made kosher, 100 percent kosher. There's no reason that they can't be. Famous Tysus that says that only cow's milk will will curdle properly into a cheese. So we know that cheese. You could name any cheese, by the way. Almost all the the, the gourmet kosher stores now have these gourmet cheeses and they have everything. I was just talking, we mentioned the Pecorino Romano, didn't we? I don't remember. Well, maybe we didn't. I there, There's a famous, uh, world famous pizza place in New York called LMB Spumoni Gardens Pizza. And it's like world famous, whatever. So I did my research. I decided I wanted to try to recreate their pizza. I found out- When did wh- you do this? Like When when you were calling the OU, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was on the Touché. phone. <laughs> I was- Googling. I, I'll allow it. It turns out they use this, uh, they use fresh mozzarella. They make a dough, they put fresh mozzarella, then they put the sauce on top of the fresh mozzarella. That all fuses together. And then they top it with something called Pecorino Romano. So I'm like, okay, I'm reading about it. I'm like, where am I going to get Pecorino Romano? So I guess I'll just name drop 
I mean, they didn't sponsor us or anything, but I will say I went to a store called Pomegranate. And sure enough, there was the Pecorino Romano, but... They're it, very good with their selection of cheeses, yes, no question. Yes, gourmet stuff, their cheese, their gourmet cheese, they, they, it's unbelievable. And I found the Pecorino Romano, it's a small little wedge for like 20 bucks. And it's not because they're overpriced, it's because, it's just because that, that's they, what it is. No, maybe it's just because this is the only place you're going to find it. You're could not be. finding Pecorino Romano it could be. anywhere but there. Turns out it's made with goat milk. And I made the pizza, and it was phenomenally good. Really? Yes, it was excellent. Excellent pizza. So I don't think you're correct. I don't think it's about the cheese. I think it's about the sauce. Uh, people ignore the sauce, and they think it's all about the cheese, but I I, I don't think so. Because you could make cheese today kosher. That but there's your answer. You said the pizza was unbelievable, and that's what they're missing. Yeah, but I I still tend to think that it's not just the Pecorino Romano. You know, I, I, I tend to think that there's sauce. There's got to be something special in that sauce. I, I have to believe that. But bottom line, that cocktail was pretty decent. So give it a try, people. Give it a try. But otherwise, you could just do a good old fashioned. I've been I've been drinking some old fashioned lately. Also, I don't know if you if you uh, if you're into old fashioned. Well, I don't know what that means. What is an old fashioned? It's a cocktail. Okay. It's made with bourbon. Okay. Bitters and sugar. Well, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> bourbon. Yes, that I got. Sugar. <laughs> also registered. <laughs> And bitters. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's you could just go. You again. You they they do make them kosher now. It's like a, it comes in a little bottle, and it's like a, a bitters. Bitters. That's what it's called. Yeah. I, I is that a don't name? It is. It's is made, a, I believe, from is herbs. That the item. Yeah, that's the item. It's called bitters. You sprinkle a couple of dashes of bitters. You add the sugar or simple syrup. That's another thing you could use. It's basically like a like a you know sugar mix, and then you throw in some bourbon. You put a you line the rim with some uh, orange, and you take like an orange peel. You garnish with an orange peel. That's well, an old fashioned. You really spoil yourself, huh? Yes, this is my Shabbos. <laughs> Only on Shabbos will I do this. By the way, I, I I prepare my my old fashioned, and I have it on Shabbos, and it's it's really nice. It's really nice. it makes Shabbos special. Anyway, as usual, we've gone a little bit long with this segment. We'd like to bring you the second half of the Nisim Black interview. Here it is. It's I find that. So often, this like when you just take the time to talk to somebody, right. you'll realize that you're really not very different. Because mm-hmm. it's funny because we were in Brooklyn yesterday right. and made some time just to talk to some people because people are friendly, right. you know. Right. And and random guy just starts talking to us, yeah. And and you find that you have so much in common right. with right. these people. It's true. And you don't because everybody's on the rive. Everybody is is more or less pretty normal. Right. Right. And you don't realize that because, again, you just think – you look at somebody that's different than you and it's almost like, okay, right. he's not like me and he's right, he's right. crazy. And that's the – Right. You tie him up before you even right. get a word out. Right. And that's – I, I think part of it is also because a lot of people, and especially because of the media, they don't mm. realize that Judaism and being Jewish, that's a religion. Right. That's not a race. That's right. not – you right. could be any race, any color, right. anyone. Right. Anyone could be Jewish. Right. So you could have your own culture. You could bring your own culture into the religion. Right. And you're Jewish. I think equal to the other person. I think. I think. And what you're saying right now is huge because. And I think that that's one of the problems. You know, everybody always says, you know, what's our problem is that we have bad PR. You know what I'm saying? The Palestinians yes. <laughs> have great PR. You know what yeah. I mean? What have they done? Especially at a time like this, they turned themselves into, quote unquote, the black community in America. Yes. Being oppressed right. and all this That's other right. stuff. I mean, do you understand? There's no black Palestinians. There's black Jews, though. 
You understand oh, what I'm right. saying? You can't. They're far true. less accepting far than we are. It's at me. That true? It, I didn't even know that. Sure. I mean, how? Wow. You know what I'm saying? You're Palestinian. You're Arab. You come from over there. I'm saying, but be, it just shows that Yiddishkeit is is a faith and many different type of colors and all that. And we don't do enough to show the diversity in Judaism to the rest of the world who's screaming at us because. We're not diverse, and we think we're better than everybody else. And every, and I think that that's been some of the bad PR. You right. know what I mean? Right. It's interesting, right. though, because because it's it's very much like the BLM movement. Right. And it's funny because if you were Palestinian and you wanted to say Palestinian lives matter, it would sound the same way. BLM. Yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. BLM. <laughs> It definitely means something in Palestinian and uh, in, uh, in Arabic, yeah, for sure. So, why Brooklyn? You were just, you you started mentioning your your uh, my, your my, West Coast, right? Yeah, I'm in West Coast. Yeah, I'm so West I mean, guy. you know, why, we're East Coast. Yeah, 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 yeah. So why Brooklyn? Was? Why why the song? Why the video? Why the well, what? All of it, all, all of it. it. I mean, if you're West Coast, I mean, and, and I think we read that you were. Uh, you had the possibility of playing uh, oh, Biggie, yeah, Biggie. also too, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, very cool. oh, yeah. What was that West, like? That's West huge. Coast. That's yeah. West Coast, though. So yeah, right, right. How right. do you, you know? Yeah. So, good question. Good question. I'm a Seattle boy for sure. Um, but the thing is, is that it's it's very hard because like after I like you know came into Yiddishkeit, it's like you know. It's Yerushalayim or New York, you know what I'm saying? And it's <laughs> like true. you had to figure out. That's right. It's the heart. It's the heartbeat of the Jewish world. Chutzlar, it's is going to be Brooklyn. Yeah, yes. for sure. Yes. It's going to be in Brooklyn, and it's like you know. And I'm and I'm here. Honestly, I'm when I'm here in in, in New York. Most of the time, I'm Muncie. So Muncie, shout out to to my chaver up there, Muncie, I, because I'm not a, such a city boy either. I come from Seattle, but I was in like the suburbial area over there. I need a place I could go do his to this. You know what I mean? If I can't go do his to do, that can't go talk to Hashem. Can't be around. That's why I moved from Yerushalayim. Lion. That's why I could not, you know, be in the city as much. But what I love about being here in Brooklyn is the fact that, um, you know, you'll see in the song also just the cultural differences, like of so many different type of people. Because I grew up like that, even though the neighborhoods are somewhat segregated, you know, I grew up in a very like an it was like a melting pot. Everybody was the same. I think nine eight one one eight is the zip code was the most diverse in the whole United States. Is that true? My zip code. Yes, for sure. We had we had the hidden. And every type of non-Yidden you can have all in the same zip code. And they're very accepting, I understand. Yeah, for sure. But it's different. Culturally, it's different. You know, West Coast, East Coast, especially being here. I was in Brooklyn. Where were we at yesterday? Uh, Prospect Park. So we're over there, like, you know, walking. There's a bunch of people moving or whatever and all this other stuff. And I'm thinking, like, okay, I'm in America. Don't cut people off. Don't walk in front of them. You know what I'm saying? And it's just right. I don't got to think of any of these. None of these things are shyness I got to deal with. So, but over here, I'm thinking it's in America. You know, you can't be, you know, whatever. So I seen people doing it. And I was like, oh, it's the same thing. It's like Israel. You know what I'm saying? Nobody cares. It's interesting what people have a gavul for. Like they can take you cutting them off, walking, all this oh, other stuff. And with sure. the, in New York, it's like, okay, it's New York. Everybody's getting along. Everybody's in their own I'm little world. Now in Seattle, oh my goodness, you do this. This is fighting words. You're so rude. You mean how inconsiderate you can be. But like they're like balichesed on other things. Like everybody will sit at the stoplight and wait for the next person to go. No, you go. No, you go. No, you go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like overly polite, but then it's like, you know, it's like passive aggressive. But don't right. Very right. Passive don't aggressive. step on my toes, but right. but I find the more you leave from the east coast to the west coast, it becomes much more passive. Right? Very much more 
liberal, we love everybody unless you don't love everybody. If you don't love everybody, and if you don't, then we hate you. Right. And you're the enemy of the, you know what I'm saying? Yes. So it's very, it's a very, very interesting dynamic. So I guess New York is like the closest, and being in Brooklyn really is like the closest to being in Eretz Israel that I get. So it's a little slice of Eretz Israel, you know? It ain't the same thing. Don't get stuck here, guys. <laughs> but We'd love to. Just yeah, you want to speak to our wives? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Listen, the ingredient is is a shim. I taught my I couldn't let me tell you this. I'll tell you my story. I got to edit this really quickly. My wife got to a point I couldn't say is in the house. I said is <laughs> Well she didn't want to move. She did not want to move. For sure she didn't want to move. She didn't she would never been there. She didn't know the language, right? Not a drop of Hebrew. She's like, I'm not me. I have no family there. I don't. Why would I? Why would I move there? You know, if you take me it's to go a, visit, it's a, yeah, it's a big, it's, it's a big, a big it's step, a big it's huge for sure, for sure. So, don't ask. You can't do anything. I was out. I was talking to Hashem every day to move this way. Every day, I put it in. You know, my but why? My what was what was driving you for Eretz Yisrael? Listen, you can because I mean, not, look, we're from we live right. here in America. We don't right. And, but you know what? The big difference is, and I tell you, this is one of the. I think one of the. It's not learned enough, Tanakh, right? I spent a lot of time before I knew anything about Chazal. Before I knew, I'm, I'm learning Tanakh. That's how I got to learn Judaism, right? So what I do, I wanted to be close to Hashem. I start, I pick up this book and I'm reading it. And then all of a sudden, I'm seeing what everybody's doing. Everybody's crying out to Hashem. Everybody's fasting. So I start fasting. I was going three days, no food. But I was doing everything that I, I, that I was reading to get closer to God. And I'm telling you. My sensitivity was crazy. What happened was, I feel like this. I fell in love with Hashem. So, in turn, I fell in love with the Jewish people. I fell in love with Eretz Israel. It was just, it, that's the way. You cannot read the book, you know what I'm saying? And go through all the Nevim and see the Hashivas of it and be like, yeah, I'm going to stay here in Seattle. Like, not happening, you know what I'm saying? So, I think it's one of those things where we don't get enough of, we're always trying to um, um, look at things from, uh, to learn something out, right? I'm gonna look at this. You know, I was sitting with a boy one time. He was at my table, and, and we and I started talking to him about this, and we start reading in um in uh in Melachim, where to start talking about the the ascension of Eliyahu, and, and then so myself we're finished with it, and he goes, okay, so what are we supposed to learn out? Look at the power of Hashem. Look at the power of a person who who was mavato and so entire being to Hashem, and that he that he went. That's it. Hashem, look at the power of it. That's it. What else are right. you trying to learn now? Right. You trying so, to, what else would you like? <laughs> what, else, what else would you like? There's something else. Of, maybe it didn't the, really right. happen, but it's trying to tell us. And everything is always thought. But maybe it didn't happen, but we're trying to learn something else. And we approach Torah like that. Okay, well, we're not really like, let's skip the, uh, you know, the Agada. Let's get back to the Halacha already. Because right. we don't know really whether. But sometimes I, you miss the But the, the living bigger, the in that picture. space of just the, the Koyach of Hashem and, and, and the Hashivas of Eretz is that comes out of just reading Nach and, and it's like it's it's you know I couldn't stay it was like you know if I would have stayed in Seattle second longer I don't know what I would have did wow so, so eventually how'd you, yeah how'd you get your wife to so uh, this is it. yeah this is you know there's some, there's some criminal activity in here <laughs> you know do tell do tell so That's what happened was I ended up going to I think it was like my second or my second or third year in, in Uman for Rosh Hashanah, and I was uh, I finished I daven I think I daven early by the nights me I had an early lunch whatever and I went out to the to the water to the lake down there at the end of Pushkin Street at the bottom there's a there's a lake over there and I went down there I was four hours I talked to Hashem about moving down at the lake at the lake 
My wife called me after the Yom Tov Mishnah. You're never going to believe what happened to me. I said, what happened? She said, I had a dream that I was in air. And I hear this voice telling me everything is going to be okay. It's just a complete flip out. She's walking through the old city. And then she said a song came on by had she, singer. Had she been in the old city Never before? been there. Never, never been, been there, there before. Wow. Yeah, you know, on YouTube. So, um, so the song comes on by Levy Robin called Don't Be Afraid. He's good. I don't know if you know who Levy Robin is. If you haven't checked him out, his music's great. But this particular song is talking about not to be afraid and being there to swell. She didn't have no whatever. She said the song came on in the middle of the situation. In the dream. Went to sleep. Went back to, she had another dream like this. She had two dreams about being there to swell. So I'm thinking, I said, so hun, maybe Hashem's trying to tell us something. I didn't tell her what I was with the big boss earlier. <laughs> I didn't say anything. So I said, maybe Hashem's trying. She's like, nope. Never been there. Don't know the language. I don't have. I'm like, I said, Hashem, come on. <laughs> like we almost had it. Why, Why are you teasing me? What's going on? So fast forward a little bit later, I spent a trip and I was in uh, I was in London, in between London and Manchester, and I was there for seven days. I barely slept. I was to- I was talking to Shim's head off about moving to Arizona. I mean, serious. I'm a real Miss Boy now. I don't. I'm not saying this to, for, for any credibility. That was my natural thing. I gravitated to was was to feel it was prayer. So I was up all night talking to Shim. I got back from that trip and was sitting in the living room. My wife brings it up to me. I I'm I'm, I'm ready to move there. I didn't say anything. She said it all on her own. You understand what I'm saying? So wow. little like did she know, here's my criminal activity, unfortunately. <laughs> About a year prior, I'd already signed this up for Nefesh Ben Nefesh. I completed oh. all the paperwork. I forged oh, her signature man. already. So she didn't even know that I had signed it. I didn't turn it in, but I forged everything. So as soon as she said that, I said, honey, you're Boom. never going to believe it. <laughs> We're good to go. And we left maybe a few months after that. Like wow. literally three or four months after. Wow. We left wow. everything wow. behind. We moved so quick. We didn't even have an apartment when we got there. I looked for an apartment after I got there. I thought Nefesh Ben Nefesh, don't they? Yeah, yeah. You have to have an apartment. So we had an, we had a place that we were we were going to go to. Um, and then it didn't end up working out. But we just never told Nefesh Ben Nefesh. We were ready to get on the plane. So we didn't tell him. We had an address, <laughs> but we didn't have an apartment. So after we got there, we met with the agent. And we decided on the place as soon as we got there. And Baruch Hashem. And that, that's what how was we went. that like when you stepped off the plane realizing, I am now making aliyah it was beautiful like the, the see you know you know i've been this was a it was a heavy sugya you know for <laughs> for the last few years my wife doing it and she's like oh my goodness i never felt so at home wow, hey, wow. sight unseen my wife had never wow. been there didn't know a lick of people she was like you like know, the whole extent of her experience was with israel's google maps basically right, right like, exactly exactly <laughs> you can yeah. travel through the old city and all, and all the yeah. smoking google maps were coming you know <laughs> yes. for shabbos you know so so it was a it was a most powerful experience but we moved there really feeling like the the aliyah was an, an aliyah mamash it was a, it was an aliyah it was really an aliyah. And we felt it we felt it you know did she did she acclimate quickly did it take her time very too quickly she moved this to Meisharim I like I wasn't I wasn't ready for that <laughs> it's like whoa whoa I'm not ready <laughs> she was like you know and and you know I remember I had been to Israel before you know I went uh, one time so I I was like. You know, there's one neighborhood I'm for sure will never move into. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> and I couldn't believe, like, my wife was like, you know, we were first we moved to Rechavia. So I'm like, you know, whatever. And I think it was just so not what she wanted for marriage as well that she's just like, yeah, we're moving to marriage. Like, like, it's like a little too Americanized, you're saying? Yeah, so I was, and I was even away. We were looking for a new place. I was away. Uh, I would think I was in South Africa. And she's like, Babe, I found a place. And I'm like, wow, you found a place? She's like, it's like everything we wanted. Like, you know, and I'm just like, I was like, yeah, where is it? She's like, Strauss. I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. 
with Strauss. There's another Strauss. There's a Strauss. There's a Strauss in uh in, in Shari Chesed, really. Um, so no. In anyway, so we ended up moving over there, and it was really it was good for us, horrible for the children, but it was great for us. And so we ended up moving to Beit Shemesh, was good for everybody, bro. And your children, did they take to it quickly? My children, yeah, for sure. They picked up people in like five months. They were completely full blown Israelis within five. Wow. Years. Really? Do they? Yeah. Do they By the way, like that's Israelis? that's yeah, that's that's sure. the youth. Yeah, wow. yeah. They have wow. the ability just to adapt when they're right. that young. It's amazing. They pick it up very very quickly. So my kids, yeah, they're a thousand percent Israeli. And your neighbors in Beit in Beit Shemesh, they are on board. Like your music is not their style. Right, 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 right. For sure, but. You know, the thing is, that's what you think. I'm always, you know, surprised by who's listening and what's listening. I don't think that's so much the case. You know, I did a concert during, uh, like, at the beginning of COVID on the roof. You know, everybody was out listening from there. Really? Room, everybody knew. And, yeah, it's it's not so... I was... Even when I was a man Sharim, you know, I would go see guys. I would walk into a store. And it's all you Sharmy guys, you know, striped Beckishes and everything else and white geese. And then listening to Million Years. And they're years, down with it. Like, listen to Million Years. Well, that's a great song. I'm just know? saying. There was a there was a Hebra of Tolis Arn Hasidim had me come on Sukkot. I did a concert for them also, too. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't say... I think the biggest thing is... And somebody asked me this. They asked me this about Yishai Reeb. Um, but I think the biggest thing is the sincerity of heart that, you know, they're asking, like, they're surprised also by Yishai. Like, how many of the Hasidim just really took to his music? You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's what it is. Exactly. And it's and Alev, people take, even if they don't understand, none of these guys understand what I'm talking about. Right. But it's the passion <laughs> right. of, you know what I'm saying, speaking from my heart. It's that the it, Ernst Kite yeah. that you have exactly. that it just, it speaks right to the heart. Right, 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 right. Well, so. you're touching on, uh, on your music and what music people listen to and mm-hmm. what touches them. What do you listen to now? That's a very good question. So the thing is, I don't listen to music. I use music. That's what I mean. So like, and because of that, I'm very limited in my selection because I don't listen to a lot of music, especially when you make music. I don't know if it's just me, maybe other guys, not, but like, I almost don't have any time to listen to music. I'm learning, you know, I'm involved with this shit. I have my children, I, you know. Yeah, but you do take a ride in the car. What's playing in the car? Oh, so if I'm ever in the car by myself. um, (laughs) The rarity. I usually use the time. No, honestly, I usually use use the time to listen to a shim or I'm listening to the last mix of the song that I worked on or whatever like that. So I'm usually using it as some time to like work on the next song. I'm listening to beats. You know, music that I'm working on. That's what I'm usually listening to when I'm in the car. And how much of that are you involved in in the production of the song? I'm very involved. Very involved. Um, my brother-in-law does most uh, most of my music. And when I say this in the air, it's just for my brother Yosef, who's really a big time, a big time. Um, but he makes my he makes the music like the backing tracks most of the time. And sometimes we collab. Like I'll start it. I'll start it out. I'll do the melodic side. Have him do the drums and whatever. So I'm very very involved in that. I have a studio in my house. I record oh. everything in my house. Oh. You know. So so um, you you were good for COVID. COVID yeah, go, but only reason why that's the reason why I have the studio. Before oh. that, I was going to Yerushalayim going to my engineer because I got used to I know how to engineer I know the gear and everything but right when COVID happened I seen like okay I'm not gonna be able to get to the studio so I went and turned I have a room in my house just for his boat of this I had to turn wow. it into the studio took over. So now I have to move my this <laughs> room somewhere else. It's Chaval. At least really you have a there. forest, though. This is Brooklyn. Yeah. There is no forest. The forest <laughs> during the pandemic was not a... Say, let me tell you something. These guys not were Not a safe nuts. place. No, they were nuts. They were nuts. And the police, the, the government there, I oh. love them, but they were nuts. They were nuts. I got a ticket. I went out for his this on a mountain by myself, away from everybody. 
An officer climbed up there to Shimshon Agibor's cabin. What did you do wrong? I can't. I was at, I was in the middle of the forest by nobody without a mask. You understand what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about craziness. You know what I'm saying? So you need a room still. You know, you still need a room. And it's just well, what did he say when he walked up to you? He's like, "Where's your mask? Hello, where your mask? So he seen my even Hashem, he can get COVID. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you need the mask. So I, I have no idea. I was just so perple- I was so shocked that I was just like, I said. I said, man, I'm gonna call Black Lives Matter, man. <laughs> I just like I, I, this is this one is for the record book, man. Like I just and he was tired, breathing hard after he came up there. So what happened was they seen my car down at the like the bottom. If anybody's been to Shimshon Agibor, you know he's like being in the middle of the forest. Whatever. So I was like, you know, up on a mountain, like you know, and you know, so they start screaming on the loudspeaker. You know what I mean to come down. You know, so I just like. I'm not I'm not coming down there. For what? That's Why would ridiculous. I come down there for? You know what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't you know, I'm on the other end of the, of the You're mountain. in the safest There's place no, imaginable. Exactly. There's nobody <laughs> around me. I didn't come with anybody, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not riding back when it, so I'm just like I'm I'm ignore this and they're they're gonna go, you know. So I'm over there and I'm talking to shit and I turn around I hear <sighs> <laughs> And I turn around as an officer and he gives me a ticket. And I'm like, he's like, you have to go now. You have to go. And I'm just like, I can't believe it. Because I told him, you know, for sure. I told him, I know Hebrew. I don't know any Right. Yes. I thought that would get me. That didn't work to get me out of the ticket. <laughs> so I get back down. And uh, and then after he gives me the ticket and me telling him, you know, I'm going to call Black Lives Matter. He didn't care about that neither. I didn't. What? I don't understand what is. Uh, <laughs> right, right, who matter? Right, right. I don't know who matter. And he was like a dark Moroccan. He said, look at me. Look at me also. I said, okay. Well, <laughs> I said, man, I'm just joking, man. I ain't playing. I ain't playing the roast. I ain't playing the race card with you. I was just joking with them. Anyway, so then he goes after he gives me the ticket. He goes, and I really like your music. Ah, so he knew. Uh, exactly yeah, he knew. Who he you knew were. exactly who I was. So maybe I just like, dude, if you wanted a selfie, all you had to do was say, like, I want a selfie or something like that. But for sure, I'm not giving you one now. So no, he wanted to tell everybody experience. that he gave Nisim Black a ticket. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, went yeah. home. Right, 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 right. The show. That's, that's maybe great. got bonus. <laughs> Now, when you, just to get into uh-huh. the other side of it, when you converted, mm-hmm. you picked a name, Nisim Baruch. Right, right, right. Where did that come from? So, very good. So, Nisim was, was was a miracle, really, because I I had a, I had a when I was originally born, my name was Joshua for like 10 minutes. Really? Yeah, it was a Joshua. And I don't know why my parents named me that, but they decided afterwards. It's, it's right now. It's a family machlokas. My godmother says she named me Damien, and my father says he did it. And I, you know, back and forth with this, it's like, don't let anybody else tell you. And I'm just like, okay. So some machlokas <laughs> who who switched my name, but somebody changed my name um, from from Joshua to to Damien, and uh, so whatever. So when the time was coming closer for us to finish the game, I had to have a name before. Um, I had to have a name before um, it could be written on my ketubah or else they would put Damien on this. It would be a name that I was known by. Halakhically, you have to have a name. So um, so I was going through different names with people. Nisim came up somehow. So I was in a Sephardi. I, I converted in a Sephardi shul in, uh, in Big Ocholim, uh, Seattle. In Seattle. Uh, shout out to Rabbi Benzikin. And um, so I was going through different names. And there was one president's last. His name was Nisim. And I don't know. I was just like, okay. 
It's a cool name also too. You know, I was, nothing think about it. So I, I narrowed it down between Yehoshua and Nisim after all these different names I was coming up with. And I went to the shul early one day. And I was sitting um, there just talking to Shem about a name because it's like Shem is getting very confusing. I need to, I need a name. Hit seven o'clock. Everybody's gonna come in for a mincha marv. So I put my hand, Avit, I put my hand behind the 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 thing to grab the sidur. I grabbed the Avodah Hashem sidur and it said Nisim. Belonged to another guy, Nisim. And I was just talking to Hashem about the name. So I realized I said Hashem. Okay, this is Nisim. It is right, right, right. And and I think Baruch was like one of my uh, was my uh, honorable mention names. So I think I sort of just went with it. And it's very interesting because. It was like a couple of years ago. I realized that the whole thing was Siyatha Dishmaya and it was all, you know, this, Reb Nachman talks about it, but it's, it's brought down in other Sephorim also that when a parents name the baby, it's all Piroka Kodesh. Yes. They, even if they don't. I was just thinking that when yeah, you told the story. Yeah, it's Kodesh. So what happened? I'm sitting somewhere, it's Hanukkah, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm listening to a rabbi speak. And he starts talking about, you know, Kislev and Tavnisim and all that. I was born in Zion Kislev. So I was born in Kislev, which happens to be the darkest month of the year. I happen to oh, always wow, be the darkest wow, wow. yid in the room. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm starting to piss this together. It's like a shim. And then he starts talking about the whole Indian and Kislev and, and Keshet and, and the whole Indian light, and, and, and light yeah, yeah. and the darkness and the whole whatever. And it's Nisim black. You understand? Nisim uh, black. You know, Hashem put the whole thing together. So I was like, really, this is, this is Hashem designed the whole entire thing. But then I start thinking about something else this past year. So after that, I was like, I thought it. I said, Hashem, this is all you. It's even crazier. I was Magaya on Yud Zayin Adar. Adar. That's two days. Another day after Shushan Brum, three days. It's another Nase. It's the other month of Nisim. That's wow. the other time we say all the Nisim. That's right. It's in the month of Adar. So you're so two, you're two beginnings. I mean, yes. Yes. You're two beginnings. You're and, two births, basically. And. After Purim was when everybody started being Magaya, right? That's when you start seeing all the other nations. After yes. you see the miracle right, of Purim, that's true. That's thing, true. You know, so the whole thing is wow. Crazy. That's how, just... how how was your family when you, you at the beginning? Your dad and your godmother. At the beginning, everybody thought I was crazy, except for my my father. I grew up with a stepfather who's really my dad, and I grew up with a father who's really my father. I really had. You know, Hashem, a wonderful opportunity to have a male figure in my life. Things were not always so. People know the story, you know, but uh, whatever. But my father, because he had made such a, you know, dramatic change from being a drug dealer and gang member in his youth or whatever. And now he's a pastor and, and theologian in a Bible college and different things like that. Um, so he had to go through the whole change and 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 god brought to a different so he understood he was the only person that understood even though it was a completely different religion right right you know so but he could understand being guided exactly, somewhere and exactly. feeling what's right exactly so he was okay everybody else thought i was nuts off the map <laughs> they said i'm joining the cult you know my wife's family grew up very strong christian also too they were like you guys are crazy you know um and and so because of that I think it sort of happened naturally. You know, I would say I wasn't running from, but I was running too. We just wasn't around anybody for a long time. So we didn't allow and, and, and weren't in a place to be able to get any influence from anybody. Like, you know, Hashem said to Amino, let right. right. We, we left. And we, and we got away from everybody. Even while we were still there, we didn't, we just didn't associate with anybody, you know? Really took our Yiddishkeit very, very serious. And, and, and it was, it was really good for us. Now we're in touch with people, but we needed to establish that base for ourselves for, you know, however many years it took to, to be able to get ourselves settled. Now, right, now one of your latest, one of your latest singles is called Be True. 
Right. Yeah. Now, I don't know why, but on the song credits, mm-hmm. it's performed by Nisim Black uh-huh. and written by Damien Jamal Black. Oh, <laughs> that is now. A, yeah. What, what's what's up with that? Okay. So what happened is is that my I don't know how to explain this. My writing. Oh, my writing publisher. It was done many years ago uh, under ASCAP. So um, it's under Damien Jamal. Damien Jamal Black, which is my, which was my Former. birth name, my my birth name. So anytime in this particular company that I was with, they it's very weird because it never happens on anything else. You know, that's like the back end. That's who they know how and who to pay and how to allocate the publishing dollars. So with this particular company, I released these songs with, which was different than my normal distributor. They put like the writer's publisher's name on there, and that's like. So that's why people see it. So it's still, it's, of, it's just an old, yeah, it's, it's not like you wrote it like 10 years no, ago. No, 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 no. I didn't write it 10 years ago. No, 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 no. It just was, that's the, some technical weirdness going on from this other company that I released it with, but, uh, still, still written by Nisim. Still yeah, written by yeah, Nisim. Yeah, yeah. But that was a good catch, no? Yeah. Come on. Very good catch. Very good catch. <laughs> he came up with the whole pill pool. Yeah, right, 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 right. No, I just want to know if you see that, do you see them as two different people? For sure. I tell you what, I remember one time I was like, I was yearning so hard to like grow. You know, a certain thing, you know, even you could get to a place in, in your voda where you just feel like, Shim, it ain't it yet. We're not there. We just, we just for sure, we're not there, you know? And and I was really, really trying to grow, really be a Ben Aliyah. And I, and I seen a lot in, in my Hezbollah. like I just found myself just crying to Shim. I didn't feel like I was achieving what I wanted to in the Vodas. Still me, those I want to change, still want to grow. And I, and, and I got to a place where I just felt like, Hashem, you're being messed up, bro. <laughs> you know, like, it, you know, you know what I'm saying? You got everything. And, and what happened during this time, I was in uh, one of my rooms cleaning out. This is, I was still in Seattle. And I found like an old, uh, you know, camcorder, like old old tape. And I had tapes over there also. And so oh, wow. I popped in one of the tapes. And it was like me from like 10 years prior, you know, at the time. And I'm looking at myself and I didn't even recognize myself. Like it was crazy. Like I remember the time like when that happened. Like I was in the studio with a bunch of my friends. You know, my tattoos are showing and stuff. They didn't, they didn't go anywhere. So I get funny looks in the mikvah. But it's like, <laughs> you know, I don't wear open shirts with them to be showing anymore. But it's like, and I'm back and forth in the studio. My pants are down to my knees. And and I'm talking to all my boys. And just every other word was a swear word. It's something like, I haven't cursed since 2008. I haven't said one wow. single swear and word. And that's way before your conversion, that's though. before my conversion. Wow. Way before my conversion. So you can imagine that. Like looking at this, and I like I don't even think I said one clean regular word in this in this thing, and I really felt like I don't even know this person. Wow! Like I felt it was like a it was a crazy feeling like of seeing yourself and not recognizing yourself. I felt like I was looking at a completely different person. It That's was, amazing. It was it was amazing, but it gave me chills. Yeah, yeah, it's so disorienting. What I, I start thinking, I said, Hashem, what am I over here complaining about? I didn't feel my growth. And now you're showing me. It was a shim showing me. Like, uh, you know, what do you, what do you, you know, you, you, you're staying and look how, how far, far you've come, come, right? So, yeah, so I, I definitely felt it. Definitely felt so it. So in 2009, you already released a, an album with a Hebrew word. Yeah. Aliyah. Aliyah. Ah, ah. Aliyah. So, so you were already Hebrew. working on it. I was working. I was working. I was working. By the time we finished that campaign, I had already started my, yeah, yeah. By the wow. time we finished the campaign for that album. Which I thought at the time was going to be my last album, but 
that's why I thought, Aaliyah, you know, I'm out of here. Right. And I'm saying I'm done. And then uh, that didn't happen. No, you were just beginning. I was just beginning. <laughs> but I took a hiatus for a few years, so it was really good. So that conversion was complete in what, 2011, 2012? Uh, we did. We finished up in 2013, the beginning of 2013. Wow. So that was that's a long journey from yeah. 2008, nine. Right, all the way to 2013. Yeah, that, it's not a joke. No, I mean, it it's 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 tough stuff. No, it wasn't. And you know, the first, you know, I think we officially started the games in 2010, near the mid mid 2010 or something like that. So <clears throat> that whole journey was just trying to find a shim. You know, trying to find the Emmas. I was two years by a Messianic congregation. I was, you know, I spent some time at a Chabad, you know, just trying to really carve out a film. But that was the thing. Very determined, you know. You know, I, I, when I hear you talk, mm-hmm. it's like you've been looking. You've right. been like, you've been searching for the truth. Right. For such a long time. Right. So it's almost like, like, a, like a modern day Yisrael. Yeah. Like, but what do you give that credit to? We don't have deep thinkers like this. I mean, they're in short supply for sure. But you're just looking for the truth constantly and, 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 and until you found it. I mean, you did find it. But mm-hmm. but what do you give that credit to for that yearning, for that searching? Like, have, where's that from? It's so crazy. I have no idea because I've had it since I was a kid, really. I really did. I had it. <clears throat> I remember one time I got I got upset with God about something as a kid. And I said, I'm I'm going to the devil now. <laughs> and I spent the time, you know, and, and much credit to DMX, you know. DMX had a song called Damien, and my name was Damien. And it was about some demonic conversation yes. he was having with Satan or something like that. I said, Shin, this is my new anthem. You know, like, <laughs> as a kid, I really had this moment. Like, I was upset about something. I, you know, I was having anger management. I was expelled from school already. And I was in, in at this school that was like, you know, it's like, after you expel the kid from, from, it's like a point in overturn. You basically send me to juvenile detention because that's where everybody's going in this school. You know what I'm saying? Either they are to the county when they get older. So um, I end up in one of those places and I just was like, you know, for some reason, feeling so angry at God, like there was something I was missing or something like that. And I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm going on Satan's team and this is what I'm going to do. And that didn't, I mean, it didn't actual, actually actualize into anything. But what happened was, is that I became stronger because I had an uncle who was also Muslim because Islam was the first religion that I knew. And so I went from that straight into to Islam, back to, back to Islam, like, you know, going back to my roots and... And that that summer, which didn't really like purify me or anything like that, I was still doing some crazy stuff, hanging out with the wrong <laughs> crowd. But I ended up going to um, I ended up going to this to this Christian camp, which was like life change. I felt like it because I felt like you know I had this argument with my with my father at the time because he was he was Christian, and but one of the things he did was apologetics and primarily towards Islamic. So it was like a conversation you didn't want to have with that guy, you know. <laughs> so we started talking and. And I really wanted to know God. I remember crying, 13 years old or something, at the edge of my bed. They're having a conversation. So angry. God, I want to know you. You have to know who you are. I'm telling you, 13 years old. Do you understand what I'm saying? You've always had this dimension to you. I don't know where it came from. I have no idea where it came from. I like, I'm, and, and I've been asked some degree this question. And I don't know where it came from. I don't know why I felt this as a kid, even as a little kid. There was no God activity going on around me. You understand what I'm right, saying? Right, right, right. So I'm like, I don't know where it came from, but I had it even as a kid. Like something is is missing, you know? And and I knew it was in, in the area of God. And I was just always trying to. So, um, yeah, if I could, if I could, I don't know. I have no idea. 
Wow, wow. So that's that's really a stump, modern day Yisrael. Yes. And and you know who his son in law was. Yeah. <laughs> so choose Uwa. wisely. Uwa. <laughs> Oh, I shouldn't please. I shouldn't please. Please. Yeah. Thank you. Now, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but we had you had some back and forth on the Twitter with Awkward Bacher. Uh-huh. <laughs> sending him beats. Right, I don't know right, if we're right, going right. to put this in or what or leave it. Right. Or, right. What are you, are you is that something you're going to go ahead with? Yeah, I think so. I mean, <laughs> I'm down to collaborate with people. Um, but um, yeah, I told him I'm I'm totally down. I just got to figure out the right uh, the right beat. Now you told me he's not performing these days, also. So that makes it harder. No, I thought it makes it easier. It's no, just going to be like a limited release, no? Yeah. It's so but the truth is, he said movie. he'll perform at any venue you want. Really? That's what okay. he told me. That's what I'm talking about. So yeah, I just have the sinners. I was just with Kosher Deals last night, also too. We've been talking like sometimes you talk about collaborations for a long time. Me and Yishai Rubo have been talking about it for like a year, year and a half. Well, you did like just that. did a collaboration with a few artists, right? You probably. I think Benny Friedman I, and you, did? you. Oh no! I did. What was that song? I can't remember it right oh, now. Oh, you're right. You're right. I did this song with uh, with Shuk. Uh, Solomon, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, What's it called? I forget. Song called on Ahavas Israel, something I can't forget what it. I forgot also too. <laughs> we could check that it quickly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you gotta check the song out. But um, how was that? I mean, were you able to meet like all those artists? Did you do no, it together? No, no, no. it's probably remotely. No, some of the guys I already knew. I know Benny. I know Barry. Barry's one of my really good friends. I love Barry Weber. Barry Weber is one of my guys. Also to him. So. Oh, that you asked me, you know, before what I do, what music I listen to. So I use music. So number one, Zusha gets me high, right? Wow. Zusha gets me high. That's they good probably, stuff. I listen to Zusha more than I listen to everybody else by far. Really? Um, yeah, by far. Um, and I would say right after that would be probably uh, Shlomo Katz. And I would say after them... Not after, I'm just saying in my level of how many times, Yosef Carduna. I listen to a lot of Yosef Carduna and Levy stuff I love. I don't know much new content everybody. So now I'm listening to everybody's old music anyway. But you know what I'm saying? But I use it because this stuff like gets me in the zone right when I'm preparing to talk this shit or to feel or something like that. So that's why I say I always use music. So I, Yeah, but like that's me. what music is. It's right. moving. It's right. going to move you in a direction. Right. What direction that is is up to what you listen to. Right, right, right. And I feel like, you know... People hear my music. I got enough fire. You know, I need a little water in my life, you know, to cool me down a little bit. I got enough and I and I got all the energy stuff. That's that's so I'm good. So I always usually listen to music that's the opposite of me. All right, this is this is uh, you know, sometimes I used to listen to classic classical music. I used to all the time. I don't listen to it as much anymore. Mm-hmm. But there was this group I was introduced to called the people really good. Yeah. I'm into atmospheric, chill, laid back type. I need that in my life. Yeah, this uh we all do. I think yeah. we, exactly. I think <laughs> right. we all do. So we've been taking a lot of time. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. I have to say one thing by the way, it has been an absolute privilege to sit with you. No, likewise. And likewise. I don't, the only thing I want really after sitting with you and just hearing you is is basically just a hug. Oh. You know what I mean? That's all I, that's all I want like at the end of this. It's like this has been amazing. You've been Unbelievable, and thank you so much for spending the time with us and for coming on this show. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it too. It's good. I, you know, sometimes I probably won't re-listen to myself again, but <laughs> I definitely enjoy, you know, being able to bust my chaps whenever I get the opportunity. So I really appreciate it. Great, great. It was great. It was great. Well, thank uh, you. The last, absolute last question is: Where can we get Hava Whiskey right uh, now? Right, Hava Whiskey is right now on HavaWhiskey.com. Um, 
the the interesting thing is this have a whiskey you can spell it either way any way you like to write whiskey you can you can you can write it and you get there but have a whiskey.com and we deliver um we we don't deliver but we we ship and eventually we are working on a deal to get it in the united states in the store it's a distribution deal right now we had a ton of people reach out to us which is awesome and and, and it's just sort of like taking the right taking the right one so and by the way for a small charge they can get a shout out from you right yeah from a small charge oh, you can also get the shout that? out i'm yeah. still doing the shout outs also yeah yeah Excellent. yeah. but with you i have to tell everybody it's a disclaimer i don't know if they put it on the website yet because i told them to put them on there but if you buy the whiskey, you get a shout out. It's not the place to get a regular shout out. You got to go to St. Mazel Tov or something like that for the regular. Like, ah, you know. okay. and so you have to buy the, the shout out comes with the bottle of whiskey, right? Because then, you know, I started realizing some people like it was like a thing. People were buying shout outs without. So I'm like, thank you for buying your bottle of whiskey. And they're like, I didn't, I didn't buy. I bought it. it was, <laughs> we have a bar mitzvah coming up. And uh, so I bought a, so whatever. Just want to make that disclaimer. All right. Excellent. Very Excellent. good. Right. Thanks again. This was unbelievably Thank fun you. and informative. Just awesome. Thank you. We appreciate it. Agree. Thank and you. I just want to say one thing. I feel like like Claudia Yishora is lucky to have somebody like you. Oh, oh, a big so inspirational, so devoted, and so humble. Oh, and I'm going to talk about that like when when you're not here, okay. like <laughs> when we introduce the episode. But but to, but a regular, reg, you're a superstar, mm-hmm. and 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 you're with us like a regular guy, and very that's nice. very nice. Thank you so much. Thank you. Once again, we want to say a big thank you to Nisim Black for taking the time to sit with us. We had a blast, and we learned a lot. Uh, who knew? I ended up. And I'll tell you the honest truth, I appreciate his music even more. His music's great to begin with, but now I even appreciate it more. Yeah, when you when you can get a sense of the man, his music takes on a different dimension. And I ended up getting that hug, by the way, and it was better than expected. <laughs> you know what's interesting? I have to be careful how I say this because this is a public podcast, but you see the celebrities of the world, let's say. The, the, the celebrities, the singers, the famous singers, and the more you find out about them, the more you realize what behemoths they are. Right. You know what I mean? It only gets less and it less gets impressive. less and less, exactly. Guys, let us know what you think of this episode. Uh, leave us some feedback. By the way, personal favor, if you guys can go to Apple Podcasts, some of you can, some of you can't, but whoever can go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a nice review. Five stars, say something cool. It doesn't have to be five stars, but... Uh, no, it has to be five well, stars. Well, if it's not five stars and you use your real name... <laughs> we make no promises about <laughs> what's going to happen to you. So leave us your questions, your comments, your concerns. Shoot us an email at hock, H-O-C-K, at kiddishclubpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, Kiddish Club Cast. Follow us on Instagram at Kiddish Club Podcast. And with that, we are out. I want to fly, fly away, far, far away. From this place where nobody can bring me down Where nobody can bring me down So, Shidduch Krasis to Meferi What are you saying? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about If you don't speak French, you don't know Anyway um, Yeah